Hi everyone, welcome back to Beyond the Blue. I'm Nathan. I'm Jermaine, and we have two special guests. Do you want to introduce yourself first? Hello guys, I'm Hanoa. Also known as Flex Sergeant Shu. He is an Air Cadet at 918 Griffin, and we also have... Uh, hi, I'm Hannah, also known as Flight Sergeant Caparino H. And, yes. um, yeah. Fun fact, she made the podcast. Yeah. Uh, Beyond the Blue was her idea, and... Do you want to talk about like how you actually came up with this idea? Uh, well, originally when I thought of Beyond the Blue, uh, it was when the pandemic kind of started, and I was like, "Hey, how do we kind of keep this ability to connect cadets and help them learn as they grow as cadets and as people?" So what I tried to do originally was interview a bunch of seniors and learn about the cadet journey on how they. Tr- turned into a leader themselves, right? So mm-hmm. originally I interviewed some other seniors throughout 918 and I was planning to branch off from there, but then school started and then the podcast kind of got put on pause for a little bit, but the main intention was to kind of teach cadets how to become their own leader. And when I was told that Beyond the Blue was coming back by Flight Surgeon Kamani or Jermaine, when that news kind of kind of came around to my end, I was pretty excited because what they did with it was a lot different, but also it still kept that same integrity that I originally planned for. And what you, Jermaine, and Nathan have done with it is just really great. And I'm really glad that you were able to get Beyond the Blue to where it is now and that it's on the air on, and on Spotify and everything. So yeah, I'm really happy that you guys kind of took over because when I also tried to do this, I was very new to a podcast and be trying to interview people about their journey as cadets because everyone's is different, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad that you were able to kind of bring in that topic regarding to, you know, um, bringing in variety in terms of different styles of leadership. Now, um, you are fitness and sports NCO. How's that going? Uh, well, Obviously, since we're all still online, and as frustrating as that is, it was frustrating being the sports and fitness NCO originally just because of the fact that you're trying to bring in this really in-person heavy activity-based team, as well as just activities all around, to an online platform. So a lot of during the first half of the semester of this year, I just didn't do anything because I kept running into so many obstacles on how to make this work. How How is this going to be effective? Will this engage cadets in the way it would as if we were in person? And a lot of that was just really kind of where do I go from here? Because when, when you're given an appointment, you kind of have an idea on where to go. But because of the situation that we're in, we just don't know what to do all the time, right? And that's basically where I was for majority of this year mm-hmm. as sports and fitness NCO. And then when we started doing the CFAs and everything, we kind of got back on track. And then with the Games-a-thon that we're doing right now, I'm working with Flight Sergeant Leung on how to basically just get cadets active and how we can 
all be active after sitting on our couches for a year and a half. So yeah, frustrating, challenging, but also really rewarding is how I could sum up being a sports and fitness NCO. Cool. And as the person who is in charge of biathlon, Class Sergeant Shu, do you think that you face the same difficulties? How's your journey been so far? Uh, what do you mean by difficulties, like in terms of like online? Yeah, just being online. We're all kind of in our beds. We're not really doing anything. Well, as for like just online overall, um, yeah, I'm not really a fan of all this online stuff. Like um, as kind of mentioned, it's definitely like very unmotivating, and it's really easy to fall behind on things such as like school and like obviously threats. And yeah, I definitely feel that way. Um, but like, what types of things are you doing? What is biathlon, first of all, and what types of activities do you guys have to offer? Okay, so before we right answer that question, just things out of the way. Um, I'm not actually the biathlon NCO this year. It is uh, Hannah that is the NCO. So biathlon is um, a winter sport. Typically, uh, consists of cross country skiing, more specifically skate skiing. And then marksmanship. And then um, in the cadet program for regional competition and for practices, instead of skiing, we do do run instead. Oh, I had no clue <laughs> that she was <laughs> the NCO. I had no idea. Um, okay, nice. So, are you actually on the team this year, though? I don't really know. I don't I know either. Is there a yeah. team? Was there, was there a team? <laughs> Do you want me to put in on that? Yeah. Yeah. Alright, so here's the story with biathlon. Um, it just didn't happen. Oh, okay. Yeah, because... <laughs> I mean, I did email CI Wong a little bit about, oh, hey, we could try this, but it just wasn't working. And by the time we actually came up with the schedule, it was already past the season. <laughs> So oh, like, <laughs> <laughs> just like what do I even do now? Um, and yeah, with <laughs> with being sports and fitness NCO as well, um, I didn't. I was trying to like work out both, and I realized that with all of my focus being on sports and fitness as a whole, I just left biathlon. Honestly, I kind of forgot I was the NCO. I see at some point, yeah. or biathlon as well. <laughs> but I mean. Can you blame me? Yes, but also, I don't know. No, not really. <laughs> no, yeah, I get it. Um, yeah, I didn't really hear a lot about that stuff. So, uh, okay, that makes a lot of sense now. However, when it came to, you know, your guys' training, because you guys seem like very um, fitness-oriented cadets, um, was it always like that? And if not, how did you get into that realm of cadets? Regarding biathlon, right, specifically? Yeah. Okay. Well, so for me, um, three years ago, uh, I got introduced to biathlon. Like, I really first heard of it um, as a level four cadet. So um, at 781, uh, in the first year of 918, I was actually still at uh, 781. So basically, one of the new officers decided to take the role and be the officer in charge of the biathlon team, which was just completely new. So I was like, you know what? My little first thought was, 
there's the marksmanship and I'm just only going to do the marksmanship part. And then like, yeah, I was just motivated by just getting through my marksmanship because I really like that. So basically, um, I, once I signed up for the team, we had like tryouts and whatnot, which as I said before, consists of just running and marksmanship. I did qualify for the team. And then from there, we just get, got to compete in regionals. And then I actually got selected uh, for provincials along with someone else. So yeah, that's how I got introduced to it. Uh, what about you, Hannah? Uh, well, here's the thing. I originally joined cadets because of aviation. Then I switched over to drill. And then I got into marksmanship. So when I first got introduced to biathlon, I never knew about it until I went to the air rifle marksmanship instructor course at Whitehorse. And this was in 2019. So I didn't really know what biathlon was until uh, one of my campmates, I guess, was like really obsessed with it and then just talked to me about it. And I was just like, oh, that's cool. And then, I mean, yeah, I did biathlon there and then Honestly, I'm not the greatest runner, and sure, I'm quote-unquote fit, but uh, yeah, biathlon for me was, I just learned about it, and then I learned how to use different teaching or coaching techniques for the team for 918 the following year after that camp, and then, I mean, that happened, we went to provincials, all that stuff, I helped coach, and sports and fitness, I don't have, I guess, that much experience with it regarding how to I guess lead and stuff on that kind of area but I kind of just I don't know I participate in the CFAs <laughs> does that count but yeah that's kind of all I did regarding that so getting put in this position it was new and especially like I said earlier in a situation that's really restrictive of what we can do it was just a struggle so yeah Experience-wise, it's all over the place, but I know where I know what to kind of do, you know. I do have a question though, uh, for both Jermaine and Nathan. Yeah. So, I remember, Nathan, you were on the biathlon team or some team. Yeah. Of that sort. Yeah. Right, you, and then Jermaine, you, you weren't. Right? You weren't on biathlon or anything like that? No, I wasn't. <clears throat> okay, well, Nathan, how was your experience of doing biathlon? Because I know you went to regionals. Yeah, um, it was much muddier than I expected, but it was fun. Um, I got introduced because Hanoa talked to me about it at school, I think. And then I was like, you know what? I'm bored. Let's do it. I mean, it was running, right? So I was like, let's give it a shot, and I, I had fun with it. And I remember you actually did, like, you did really well for your first year, too. Apparently I did. Yes, you did very well. Well, um, since we are talking about mentorship in the sport kind of field, has is there any part of mentorship in the sports world that seems different compared to say drill or aviation? That's a very good question. Well, for me personally, because 
in like sports you're really like pushing yourself physically and not just mentally i feel like um because some people get when they get really tired out they can be like more jumpy and whatever whatnot um, can be more emotional so the way you i guess you want to like push them encourage them can be more different uh let me think of an example so like if someone's just like really tired or like really not feeling um in the mood to like go for the run or whatever you just have to keep pushing them keep motivating them just in the same way as in drill but you have to keep in mind that they're like maybe physically exhausted so i feel like that's one of the main differences what do you think hannah well if you think about sports and if you're comparing it to something like drill it kind of depends on what sport you're doing right because there's individual sports there's team sports where you still you still have to require that same discipline that is taught like it is during drill there's still that same kind of uh, determination that you kind of need to be successful and if you're thinking about drill it's a very team heavy type I was gonna say sport that's not a sport but drill is very team heavy because when you're getting your timings done, you're required to think as a whole. So, and I think with that kind of thinking, of that collective thinking, when you're in a team that's like basketball or volleyball, you need that cohesiveness. But if you're thinking of something like biathlon, there's this thinking of getting it right, because you know how when you're shooting, you wanna get each target um, the first time. I know you know what I'm talking about, but there's that kind of thinking of, okay, we need to do it right the first time and we need to do it perfectly the first time, that kind of mentality too, right? So it kind of depends on what you're doing because each sport carries its different mentality. Like, for example, my sister swims and she has this mentality of, I need to keep going, I need to keep going, I need to keep going. So if you're going to compare that to biathlon, there's the same thing where if you're skiing or running, you have to think, I need to keep going because there's a time you have to meet, right? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, uh, I guess it's not fair to compare team sports and solo sports um, together since they do are very different. So, how do you how would you change um, your mentoring style to fit, say, um, a soccer practice instead of a badminton one on one? Hmm. Well, I guess in my experience, if you're going from training someone who is an individual to training someone as a whole, it's kind of similar to mentoring to a specific person's skill set. And then you're going to basically have to broaden that scope. So, for example, I coach best for marksmanship specifically. So usually what I would look for when I'm mentoring for marksmanship is I would look for different techniques that they're using, um, how they're carrying their rifle, um, what their position is while lying down. And then what I usually do from that individual is if I'm coaching a relay of some sort, I would take what techniques I've looked at for that one individual and then broaden it so then everyone can learn from that uh, one person. So then they can all learn that specific position, that specific site, um, how to aim properly, and et cetera, and et cetera. So I guess, I mean, what you said between badminton and soccer, they're very different. Yeah. But I, I think the premise is still, it, it's okay. But 
the premise is still the same, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What so about you, Hanoi? Precision. Oh. Yeah, Jimin, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, it, there, it sounds like there's a lot of precision. Because you were talking about the details of, like, you know, each individual's person. Um, like, each individual's, like, way of doing marksmanship and then taking those methods and then putting it to use in the whole team and then trying to instill it um, within each of the members. So yeah, do you find that very difficult? Um, well, I mean, it takes a lot of practice, that's for mm-hmm. sure. I mean, I know that when you were helping lead biathlon and stuff, you obviously have to help them with their skill, both as a marksman and as an athlete, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, I'm just going to answer Nathan's question now. Like, regarding the, the, as a mentor, like, versus, like when you're mentoring a team versus mentoring an individual, um, I personally think that uh, my approach is slightly different from Hannah's. Um, but overall, like when you're mentoring like someone for biathlon, right? They're still part of a team, but you're training them as the individual athlete, right? When, like at competitions, you you guys are still a team, right? So someone someone competes, you as you guys as a team, you support and encourage the individual, right? Uh, on the contrary, when you have like just a team. A complete team like for example soccer or drill you want to um, encourage the team as a whole right but obviously you still want to pay attention and encourage each one but for individual sports you just want to focus on the individual more when they're competing so encouraging them calling out their name specifically and then for example and back to like the team you just want to like encourage the team as a whole yeah that's what i feel like the biggest difference is and with like um what jermaine brought up fact that um like when you cater to the individual that is very very like uh draining for the mentor so i personally only do that to a certain extent because once you go over that you're just um draining yourself and by doing that you your ability to uh, support the team as a whole just kind of dangerous yeah that makes a lot of sense um yeah, I definitely, because I've personally never had to coach a team, but, you know, when you're catering to individuals, because I do this for media, um, yeah, sometimes it can get really draining just because, <clears throat> you know, you want your subordinates to do the best work they can, you know, and yeah, it feels really nice personally just to be able to give that personal advice and say, hey, I think that you could, you know, fix this and that or you know, just giving them some more pointers. But for the most part, I feel like once you find that balance, it becomes a whole lot easier. And I'm glad that you brought out that yeah, um, topic do. in regards to um, not really crossing over that boundary. Um, yeah, it helps a lot, like just being able to distinguish where you are willing to draw that line. Personally, it took me a while to figure that out. Um, it took me so long because I didn't know um i didn't really understand what was appropriate and what really wasn't necessary because i always kind of wanted to you know connect with them as much as possible like let's talk all the time let's um you know let's give each other pointers but you know some t- some point in time it's going to become really draining um <clears throat> but you know for you do you do you think it took you you know uh, a long time maybe it took you a little bit shorter 
I personally didn't find it take that long because, like, as you said, when you're coaching a team, right? Um, I think I still think it's definitely very necessary to give the individual like personal advice and encouragement. Right, like if you see someone's pointers, obviously give that out. And then let's say if someone's doing really good, they just like hit all of their targets. You want to give that encouragement, right? So like the small things for the individual, I think, is what really matters because getting just that one little compliment can really like um, make them feel good about themselves, right? But overall, you want to focus your main energy on the whole team itself, right? Because if you focus, let's say like this might be a bit of an extreme example, but if you focus on like let's say one person. Or like a couple people too much, uh, the other members of the team may feel left out, or like disfavored. Yeah, that's always really toxic. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> obviously not intentionally, but like you know they might see it and it just makes a makes a bad environment. So yeah, thanks for yeah. bringing that up. Um, I feel like because you know obviously it didn't really happen this year for uh, biathlon and stuff, uh, and. Yeah, who knows what it would have turned out to be like had you done it online? Like, what type of obstacles you would have had to encounter? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think I know what kind of obstacles I did encounter. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, if you're trying to put up a team environment in a place that's really, and in a situation that's already physically isolating, it's hard to kind of create that bonding that you were to have if you were in a team that is in person. Because... Mm-hmm. When you're mentoring different individuals to transferring that to a team, it's it's really back and forth because, yeah, there is that kind of mindset of trying to not favor anyone and then trying to make sure that everyone understands and, and all that kind of stuff. But, I don't know, obstacle-wise and just thinking of the possibility of having biathlon still be a thing in such a weird time, I think that if it did turn into something like I guess real I have no idea I mean I think we'd be pretty good but just it would be really hard to maintain and I kind of fell short on that part so it does depend on how much you can limit yourself right as a leader as a mentor as a person as well so yeah Mm -hmm. yeah adding on to that like as online is like really difficult to motivate yourself i feel like the as in like the energy of a team right it you share that energy so if everyone is very motivated and like focused and stuff you like naturally become like that you're surrounding right so you'll like put in the extra effort for practice but if you're just by yourself like it's really hard to like maintain things right like such as like seat schedules or whatever so yeah um like Another challenge is just keeping people accountable. Like, it's really hard to keep people accountable online. And especially, uh, okay, wait. Um, like, keeping people accountable and also including people, right? Because in the team environment, you're always going to have, like, the more reserved um, mentee or, like, team member that doesn't participate as much or doesn't talk as much. And online, it's extremely difficult to get to look, push that person to talk, right? Because if you just send them like a message or something, they usually just ignore it. But as an in-person, you can like give them a slight prod, like talk to them. Yeah, that's what I think. Yeah, those are some really great points. So, um, we talked about the mentor side of sports and how um, your mentorship style changes based on the sport 
whether it be team or uh, solo. However, do you guys have any memories from when you guys were a mentee in sports and how it helped you develop your skills uh, to where they are now? Um, well, in my first year as like a mentee, right? Because you're watching um, more experienced people do the things. So as like a mentee, you want you strive to become a mentor, right? So you can use those ex- your first year experiences or how many years experiences as a mentee and then you can apply them um, when you're a mentor. And also when you're a mentee, you can really focus on yourself, right? Because as a mentor, your goal is not to really improve yourself, but to improve others. So as a mentee, um, for all you guys, younger cadets out there that, that would be listening, really take the chance to focus on yourself, right? Like develop those skills so that when you're, um, you become the mentor, right? You can really show and teach the younger ones. Right, and a lot of with that focusing on yourself, you can also just learn what it is that you're strong at because this doesn't have to pertain with just sports and fitness, right? Because when I started out, I thought I'd be really good at aviation and I realized that as I grew as a cadet, obviously everyone's journey is different, but I learned how to kind of gain my skills through going through these weird kind of map of originally studying aviation, going to drill, going to merchantship, and then et cetera, and et cetera, right? Yeah. Because a lot of what you learn comes with experience because when you grow as a cadet, when you grow as a person, when you're working on yourself to become someone, whether that be a leader or a mentor, you're going to use that experience in the long run anyways, whether you dismiss it or whether you keep that, it just depends, right? because you have no idea what you're going to encounter if you don't try it. Mm-hmm. About that, like, as like a younger, as like just a new cadet overall, just try literally everything, right? Like it applies to everything, like in school and cadets. You want to try everything, get a feel for what you like, right? Because if you, like, as Hannah said, if you don't try, you'll never know. So that's what I have to say about that. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, I feel like <laughs> um, one of my biggest regrets is not joining drill team because a lot of my peers were doing it too. And I, I didn't join mainly because, number one, I was too shy. Like, I didn't even know what drill was because level three, you know, that's kind of when I joined. And everything was getting settled in <clears throat> to, like, what field they were going to go into at that stage. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, I really need to bounce off of... Um, Flight Sergeant Shu here. Uh, yeah, please do try everything. Um, same thing with um, biathlon and marksmanship too. I wish I tried those at least. You know, gave it a couple weeks, but um, yeah, that's yeah. Thanks for bringing that up. Yeah, this is like way out of context. But like, um, I did university applications a few months ago, and just literally apply for anywhere. Like I applied to like, ran, like really random universities that the chances were low, but like just applying was fun. Like I applied like Korea, I applied Ivy League. Obviously, I didn't get in, but it's just like the experience of yeah, um, like of doing things, right? Just like feel it out. And in the end, if you don't give them the experience a shot, you your chances of like achieving that would still be zero, right? If I didn't apply to those universities my chance would be zero. Even if I did apply, it'd be still 0.00, whatever. 
but yeah. the chance is always there, right? So you want to create that opportunity for yourself. Absolutely. Well, sports and fitness is always has always been like a big part of cadets. We have CFAs every month, every so often. We have sports nights every month. Um, what do you think? Why do you think it's important to stay active? Um. Well, if you think about when cadets was established, they prioritized sports and fitness just because. I mean, I guess we're gonna go into a little history lesson here, but cadets was formed around World War Two, post World War Two. So obviously, they want to get people in the best shape. Now that we're basically here, twenty twenty one, just at home and not as fit as we once were, there's a lot of benefits to just being fit in general because, oh man, I'm going to sound like such a hypocrite, <laughs> because, I mean, being fit does help you physically as well as mentally, because, A, you're just, you're bettering yourself and just bettering um, your physical self as well as mental mental self, right? And doing sports is a great motivator for, um just being able to wake up in the morning, that type of thing. I don't wake up early, so just ignore that last point for me. But when it comes to just being fit, I I don't know. When it comes to me being fit, it's really all over the place. But one of the things that I always went back to was just working on my personal strength. And what that brought me was being able to validate a lot of how I feel whenever um, I come across different people because I'm pretty short and... I think for me personally, building up my strength to to kind of just like prove that I'm more than just a, this really short Asian kid, then yeah, it's it feels good and it's pretty rewarding. And being fit doesn't just have to be improving your physical self, but just being fit just for the fun of it, then go ahead, right? I don't know. I feel like being active means a lot of different things for different people because... I don't know. People come to fitness for different reasons, right? Uh, for me, it was just to validate that, oh, I'm not this weak person that people seem to see all the time type of deal. So, yeah. I don't know. Being fit for me is just like, I get to be whoever I want because of the work that I put in. Yeah, that makes sense. What about you, Hanoa? Uh, adding on to that, yeah. Like, I definitely agree with, like, being fit is definitely uh, obviously like important to your health, right? Like, um, like early this year, or for like, yeah, I had like a sleep schedule. I woke up like five thirty, like really consistently five thirty to six every day, and then worked out for like half an hour to hour every morning. So yeah, I found that definitely helped a lot with like my day. I felt much more energetic, more attentive in class, right? and also just being fit. Like, kind of said. It's like the self, uh, what is it? Self validation. Self validation, right? Yeah. Like seeing yourself like be fit and improving yourself more, right? That's just the feels good. It's like, oh, I have like abs or whatever, right? That's just like make yourself feel good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, before we end off, I have one last question for you guys. What is one piece of advice you'd like to give to both mentors and mentees uh, to do with the sport aspect of anything? So basically, what is what advice would you give to people involved in sports? Oh, that's a big Very question. Hard question. Yes. 
Uh, I don't know. I think one of the biggest things that I would say is to not be afraid. Because that's one of the things that kind of prevented me from finding what fitness meant to me, right? Because, I don't know, fitness for me was all over the place. I started swimming, I quit that, and then I did a bunch of school sports, and then when I got to high school, I quit that. I did boxing, and then I kind of quit that, and then I went back to working out, and then I got COVID, and then that stopped. So it's really all over the place, and since summer studying, I'm planning to get back to working out just because I've been a couch potato. But yeah, a lot of where I was before was just coming out of place of fear, really. So yeah, because I mean, it depends on who you are, really, because for me, as I said, I'm pretty short. Filipinos are short and we kind of get overlooked. And I think with that expectation, it it's a little bit restricting, right? And it kind of puts you in a place of, I don't want to be this person that people always see. And that kind of, for me, that made me pretty afraid of who I wanted to be and what people thought of me. So yeah, if you kind of break out of that in whatever way you can, because um, I mean, I don't know. It's weird because like, oh God, words, what's it called? Yeah, just don't be afraid because that's kind of how I became a leader mentor type thing. That's how I became who I am now. So just, just trying to, trying everything basically. I mean, even if you quit, even if something happens, if you can find that source of, I guess, strength to keep going, to then you're not afraid next time, then yeah. Because it doesn't even have to deal with sports, just like everything really. Yeah, that's that's my answer. Just just try it, I guess. Try oh, it, no answer. fear. Well, for me, um, for mentors and mentees, it's for especially sports, keep in mind that the real person you're competing against is yourself, right? When you worry about other like what other people are doing too much, you start to lose uh, sight of what you want to achieve, right? So like the expression, like the only person you want to compete is yourself. Basically, you just want to improve yourself, right? I feel like that's the most important thing to do um, because yeah, you don't want to lose sight of what you want to achieve. And I personally feel like for me, um, like when I focused on what I wanted to do, and didn't worry about others, right? That naturally just builds your confidence. And then once you have that confidence, then you, when you exude that confidence, you can inspire other people. And then you can really like actually compete with other people. So you need that confidence first in order to like have to compete with other people better. Yeah, those are great points. Um, yeah, I think that's all we have for this episode. So without further ado, uh, thanks for tuning in. And until next time, we'll see you on the other side of the blue. Bye. 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 Bye.